Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I am joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. How are you doing today, Chad? I'm not doing too bad. I mean, considering today is transfer deadline day, and we actually did some sort of kind of business bringing in one player on loan, so it's not absolutely nothing. At least we got one player over the line, albeit alone, but... I'm not doing too bad. How are you, Noah? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, it's the start of a new week, and it is 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which means it is just after 12.30 Greenwich Mean Time, which means the transfer window has been closed for about 30 minutes now. And yeah, we made a couple of si- – or we made a signing, and we had a few going out. So that's more wages off of the books. We're going to talk about that in a little while. First, I want to get to our, I don't want to say predictable, but our good win over Peterborough United at the weekend. And I mean, what what can you say? I mean, this was a game we were expected to win. Peterborough are pretty garbage at this point and kind of demonstrated that on the pitch on Saturday. What was your take overall in the game, Chad? I mean, it was a good win. Nice. You know, every time we get to 2-0 now, I still worry that we're going to throw the game away and, we're in, <laughs> and the opposing team's going to level it. So when, when we went up 2-0, I was like, well, put a tenor on Posh leveling this at 2-2 somehow. But no, I, from start to finish, it was good. It was a slow burn to start off. And then, you know, we, you could see us grow into the game and then we got the goals and it's like, OK, job done. It's kind of like one of the we're turning into one of those sides where. Yeah, we had the blip where we gave the two goals up, but we're putting in like workmanlike performances and we're shutting up shop. When we get that second goal, we're locking it down. We're not continuing to press and pulling ourselves away and pulling the, the defensive players away and, and out of position and letting the opponents try and get a goal to get back in the side. So I really like that out of this team. Absolutely. Right. You are, Chad. That was one of my notes uh, that I was going to say later in the in the pod was that, you know, after we got that second goal, like you said, we just were mentally strong. We shut up shop and got out of there with the three points. That's the most mm-hmm. important thing. And another clean sheet for for clean sheet Wes, you know? Yeah, I'll take it all. I'll take it all day. I want to see more, you know, obviously against better opponents. I want to see how we do. You know, we got a big one coming up against Birmingham, and then we have West Brom on the horizon. So West Brom's going to come after us. Birmingham's going to come after us. You know, we saw in the reverse fixture against these two two sides, they both got goals, and, and we, we had no answer for them. So I want to see what happens now. It, it's The competition's starting to step up just a little bit better. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to our score predictions and our preview of the game against Birmingham on Friday at the end of the podcast here. But I, I definitely agree with you, Chad. I think that this is a definitively different Sheffield United squad than we saw at the beginning of the year. I mean, Jokanovic's blades, it's night and day. I mean, it is a completely different squad since since Hecky and Stuart McCall have taken over. What, what did you think about that song, by the way? I I liked it. It's it's different. I, I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm not opposed to anything that is enjoyable and praises our team. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I I mean, it was about time. the the, the record since they've they, they've come into the side is what five wins, one draw, one loss. That is a damn good record. Yeah, 
I mean, it's almost like Hecky Bottom knows what he's doing. <laughs> and yeah. the away support, the away support this past weekend was very good. Was very good. I mean, yeah. loud the entire match. You could hear them. You could hear them the entire game. So that away support, if you guys are listening to this, congratulations. Way to go making that atmosphere pretty cool. You could tell the boys really responded to it. Definitely. Definitely. So what do you say we get into our minute by minute review here, Chad? Early chances in this one, second minute off of a corner taken by Norwood. Egan got ahead on the ball and tried to head it back to another player in the box, but it fell to a Peterborough defender who cleared it out. And after that point, it kind of took a little while to get stuff going. I mean, Brewster had a good chance when he drove down the right-hand side of the pitch, and he put in the most teasing of crosses on the ground for Njaye, but the posh keeper, Bender, was able to prevent Njaye from getting to the, the, the ball. And then shortly thereafter, and you're going to hear this name a lot throughout this podcast, Ollie Norwood pinged an amazing ball in for Sharp that was literally inches away from Sharp's boot. Such a good opportunity, but he couldn't really get a toe on it. Yeah, what a performance by Ali Norwood. <laughs> no more slagging him off for me. I mean, dude has did a 180 in yeah. what, eight games? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this is two games in a row where he's been, if not man of the match, damn close to man of the match and well-deserved. I mean, he was picked by the fans as the man of the match and – I mean, with performances like that, you can see why. I mean, that's that's just an example of the balls that he pinged in in this game. Uh, in the 22nd minute, Brewster put in another good cross looking for Sharp after leading an attacking play down the right-hand side. Lots of one-time touches, just pass, 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 pass. Seconds on the ball. Great, great stuff from our, our right-hand side, uh, including Bogle. And then Brewster goes down. I mean, and he's got a hamstring injury, and he is probably going to be out for three to six weeks, uh, probably oh, is the estimate. Boy. We talked about it in the last pod. It was just like it seemed like he was getting the steam underneath going, and he found his footing and was getting, what is that, back-to-back games he started? So we're like, okay, here's a little bit of hope. And then he gets goes out with an injury. It's so frustrating. So, so frustrating. And he looked bright in this game to start. You know, you could almost see that there was probably going to be a goal coming. And then he goes yeah. down in what, the 22nd, 23rd minute with an injury? Yep. Yep. And I mean, that's another loss. But you know what? We are bringing Jebo back. So uh, he, it's like for like, you know, yep. I mean, they're very similar in their in their styles of play. I think Jebo is probably a little bit more shot-oriented in some ways. I think he gets into the dirty areas, and he finds those goals, I think, that like like Sharp does. I mean, he's very kind of he's similar. He's taller than Sharp is, granted, but he gets into those dirty areas and gets those poacher's goals. And he was doing that a lot at Burton Albion, if you saw any of the highlights during his stay with Burton Albion. Yeah. So in the 23rd minute, right after coming on, McGoldrick got on the ball in a good position to shoot, and he just curls it wide. 25th minute, Norwood, again, pinged in another amazing ball, this time for Jaden Bogle down the right-hand side. He struck it with Venom, but it was saved by Bender. Then in the 27th minute, Njaya at the top of the box with some fancy footwork, he finds Horahan, who absolutely smashes the ball towards net. It took a deflection and it goes out for a corner. 
bang on goal if that's not deflected, right, Chad? Oh, yeah, 100%. And then in the 28th minute, I mean, one of the very few chances that Peterborough had in this game as George Grant got the ball to Fuchs, who hit it towards goal from about 34 yards out. I mean, it was easily saved by clean sheet Wes. And yeah, I mean, that was one of three shots that they had in this game, which is insane, you know? It's good that we were able to limit them to a low amount of shots. That means we had less pressure on the back line, less pressure on West. That way we don't somehow lapse into a mistake at the back and gift them a goal. That's that's the one thing I don't want to happen is the least amount of chances they have, uh, the opponents have, it's more opportunity for us to give up something in the back if something were to go wrong. We'd fall asleep at the wheel, and they were, had no business in this game. And if we were to give away a goal like that, that's something that just I don't want to see. And I haven't seen it with this team. There's been a couple of close moments by West, but other than that, we've been pretty tight at the back. Yeah, absolutely. Right, you are, Chad. And then in the 34th minute, off of a corner sent in by Norwood, again, wonderfully taking taking corner here. And Egan got a head on it, short post, but he headed it over the bar. 36th minute, Bash made a great marauding run into the box. He got it to Bogle on the right. Bogle makes an amazing run himself into the box. Got open with some good footwork, and he took a low shot that was relatively easily saved by the keeper. Uh, He dropped it for a minute, and Jaye got on it, tried to make a play, but couldn't. He still got the shot off, but that shot was easily saved. And in the 38th minute, more from Jaden Bogle. I mean, he beat two defenders with the ball at his feet, and he got into a shooting position, but he blasted it wide. It, it, it was good. It was good for him to try to test the keeper that way. But yeah, it went pretty wide, and it was a goal kick. Typical Bogle. <laughs> he seems to do this about what once or twice every single match. Just sky the ball 40 miles over the goal. Uh, this one was on the ground. Granted, I thought it was a I thought it was yeah. a good opportunity, but um, yeah, Bogle was an absolute nightmare for Peter Burrow. What left back Tomlinson? Just an, a yeah, he was. For him. Yeah, he ate him alive, man. It was. I mean, Bogle. This is probably like we've talked about in the last I don't know what three weeks. Bogle's been getting better more and more and he's making that position his own and Baldock can't even get back in the side so it's good to see you know Vogel just taking this spot and just running with it playing awesome and just keeps getting better you know hopefully we get more goals out of him down further down the road but I like to see where he's going yeah absolutely I and I think he will I think he will start potting more goals dude's just brimming with confidence right now you love to see it yeah so our best chance, I think, of the first half came at about the 40th minute as Ollie Norwood took a corner kick that found a wide, and I mean wide, open John Egan, and he just headed it over the bar. I mean, you cannot get more free than that, like on a corner. Should have scored. Should have been 1-0 there. Yeah, it's it's inexcusable. That should, that should have been the goal because even when I saw it pop up to him, I was like, this is goal, and then not even close. Not even close, but hey, you know we're we're notorious for missing these close, wide open goals. You know us; we miss at least one or two every game. Yep. I mean, the degree of difficulty on the chance that Billy Sharp took and scored on later in the game was to like the nth degree more difficult than this chance for Egan. You know? Yeah. 
it makes you scratch your head how we how we score one like that and then we miss one like that. It's just like what are we doing? It's but football, lad. It's to football. Be, to be fair. Uh, to be fair. To be fair. Well, to be fair. You know, I could smell my goal from a center back coming off of a, <laughs> off of a set piece. And as you'll allude to later, I just felt like every time we put the ball in, I don't know, I guess it's because Posh is such a bad team that, like, every time we took a set piece, I felt like one of our defensive players, Bash or Egan, were going to get up and head the ball. You know, yeah. I this was like the first, maybe the reverse fixture. We're more, more so we were apt to just, you know, get up and just be miles above and, like, have a bunch of heading, different heading chances. Obviously, you know, didn't get one, but I thought it was clearly in until I saw the replay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then Pasha's best chance of the game came one minute later as Paku put in a great through ball to Johnson Clark Harris, who tried to dink Fodderingham, who was having none of it. And made a brilliant save, probably one of like the best like saves that clean sheet Wes has made since this like run of games has started, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a really good save. And on the on the contrary, you know, remember when we were in for Johnson Clark Harris in, yeah. in the beginning of the season, like in the summer? Man, has that not panned out? Wow, five goals. He just cannot buy a goal because he was absolutely pissing it in League One last year, right? Yeah, he had like 30-some goals. Yeah, I think he was the top scorer last year. They had like He had like 35 goals. That was, yeah, yeah it was nuts. It was some insane number. It's it's crazy because you have like, what, the Ivan Tonys of the world who, you know, can go up and, and do it in another league, right? And mm-hmm. then, then you have the Johnson Clark Harris's who are absolutely pissing it in League One and just can't find the back of the net or not to the degree that they want him to. I'm sure that they were hoping that he was going to probably net about 10 or 11 at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah. He's not going to equal the goal tally from last year, but I mean, you want at least maybe a third of that and, you know, 10, 11 goals, maybe finish with 15. That's probably enough right around with, you know, some other goal contributions from around the team to keep you guys up, but it's just not falling for him. Yep. Yep. And that was pretty much all for the first half. I don't know about you, Chad, but I thought we definitely had a goal in this game. And sure enough, it came in the second half. The first real chance of the second half came to Horahan, who was, he just kind of lifted the ball over the defender outside of the box and shot with his less dominant right foot high and wide. And then, and then. 54th minute, Norwood pinged it to Norrington Davies down the left-hand side, who got it to Horahan, who got it back to Norwood, who found Sharp in the box. He takes a touch, turns, shoots, takes a slide shot, which is, like, really cool, and scores it. And Billy Sharp is now the all-time leader in goals scored in the championship. What a player he is. Love that man, Billy Sharp. Yeah, I mean... Impressive, and I like your analysis of the goal. He does like a slide. Well, he's like a slide kick, which was cool. I mean, that was. I mean, it's it's Billy Sharp scoring in the championship. I mean, there's there's three things in life: death, taxes, and Billy Sharp's going to score goals in the championship. So, I mean, congrats to him being the all time leading scorer. I mean, he's only going to get. 
He's only going to get more, but the whole thing is, is when he got the the equalizing goal, I didn't know if it was going to take him a while to get off of that mark and get the lead because I was like, oh, are we going to see Billy go on a goal drought to where he it gets in his head and, you know, he's tied and he wants to get that go-ahead goal. And, you know, it came so, I mean, what was it, a, a few games since he, he last scored? So, I mean yeah. – a matter of, a matter of games, and he's already a, the leading scorer in the championship. Major props go out to the goat, and we need and this gives us a, a platform right now to put the banner back up. They need to put the banner back up every time he scores. I see it on Twitter, like put the banner hashtag Billy scores goals. Put the banner up. I mean, that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, just it's just well deserved. One, just one game. Yeah. Not even. I mean, I, it needs to go back up permanently, you know? As long as he plays for the Blades, it needs to be up, man. It's what he does. Yeah. Where would we be without this man? I, I Honestly, I, I, I was talking to someone on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but, you know, I said to him, like, basically, we would be middling about in, in League One if it wasn't for Chrissy Wilder and Billy Sharp, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. 100% right. We'd yeah. be irrelevant. We would be irrelevant. Yeah. How about that? Uh, that shh, Sally that he did. Gotta love it. You love oh, yeah. to see it. He, I mean, it's his. It's oh, patented. Man. It's it's patented for him. But I mean, yeah. the 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 Peterborough posh fans were they were giving him stick all game. You know, just bullshit like oh nonce and you know sec- Billy Sharp is a sex offender. Like we've heard it a million times. Hate the chant. I think it's the worst thing in football right now, personally. But it's just so satisfying when he is able to give him the little shh after he scores. Yeah. Hush, brilliant. So off of a long throw from Jack Robinson and Jaye got like got on it. And he was dragged down in the box, nothing given. Of course, in the Prem, I think that's a bang on penalty. But like he was, li- he was literally wrestled to the ground. <laughs> anyway, but it somehow finds Norwood, who strikes the ball so hard, I could have sworn there were fucking flames coming off of it. I mean, <laughs> it, it took a deflection uh. and it went out. I mean, it, ha- it has eyes for, for for goal. It was very similar to that chance earlier in the game. Um, another good goal scoring opportunity. How about that man, Ollie Norwood? How about him? Yeah. I mean, absolutely fantastic. And it's almost like since John Fleck has gone on the team and Horahan has come in, I mean, Horahan isn't playing bad. I mean, not one of our midfielders is playing bad at the moment. Honestly, I mean, I understand we're talking him up playing against Posh, but I mean, it, it's been a few games coming. You know, Darby and Preston. I mean, they didn't play bad. They didn't Luton either. I mean, they're they're not playing bad in the midfield. And I just want to know where this transformation came from because it came out of nowhere. I didn't think this was going to be there. I thought Ali Nora would just slowly see his way out of the team. You know, we put him in the shop window maybe in in the summer and let him go and say bye bye to a great player and all that stuff. But man, he's he is shocking me because it's like, all right, keep him in the team. One of the first names on the team sheet, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think he definitely is one of the first names on, on the team sheet now. And it's just that that quality that he has of being able to put the ball right into someone's feet from like 30 yards out. It's just incredible. I, For my money, I can't think of another player in the championship who has the ability to do that, you know? He's certainly not, not a goal scorer. He's, he's not a goal scorer. 
I still think he's going to pot one. He's going to absolutely blast one from, you know, about 20 yards out, give or take. And he's going to score at some point this year. Believe you me, it's coming. Put money on it. It's happening. But at the same time, like, he just, it's not his game. He had the primary assist on the first goal. And he got the ball to Basham, like, right to Basham on, on the second goal. He was phenomenal in this game. Yep. So again, that man Norwood, he pinged one to McGoldrick in the 73rd minute who tried a header, but uh, went out of play. 77th minute, Norwood again. Wonderful steal. I mean, this was such a good steal right in their half, and he got it to Sharp like very quickly, and he was in, in alone, but could not dink the keeper for his brace. He should have had a brace in this game. Yep. And in, in one more on, on Norwood. This is coming from a guy that couldn't hit the broadside of a barn last year. I mean, he couldn't put a pass within 10 yards of a, a man running in open space. He would have just played it out. And it's just like his game has evolved. It's like he's almost gotten better. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's finally getting used to playing back in the championship, you know, getting used to the, the week in, week out, you know, one to two games per week, bang, 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 everything comes quickly. Um, but I think also he's benefited from having the time on the ball in the Premier League. He did not have that time on the ball and he's getting that in the championship. And I, I mean, he's taking advantage of it, you know, 81st yep. minute Norwood, another great corner. We just talked about it. Found Basham, tried to cross the ball on the ground looking for Robinson, but it is put into the back of the net by Callum Morton of Peterborough, own goal, 2-0 to the Blades, and that was pretty much it. Like we said earlier in the pod, we just sat back, defended really well, and just wrote out the last, whatever, 15 minutes of the game. Yeah, I would have changed the own goal to Chris Basham just to make me happy, but it clearly hit off the defender, so... Yeah, we'll call it an own goal, but it was a Chris Basham. In my heart, it was a Chris Basham goal. Yeah. Off yeah, of a definitely. corner. Yeah. He he also had a great game. Our entire back line, I thought, played really well. I thought this was Norrington Davies' like best game with us. I thought he put in some good crosses. I thought he played well defensively. Obviously, Bogle played really well. But, I mean, as far as man of the match is concerned, there's only one man who deserves it, and that is Ollie Norwood. Yep. Agree on that one. So let's get into talking a little bit about the transfer business that was done earlier in the week and today as well. First and foremost, the moose is let loose to U.S. I'm going to butcher this. Salternia? Salternia, right? You yeah, say it with there a little you bit go. You got to edit it. Yeah. Little Italian the accent there. you're good. Yeah. yeah you're Salternia. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they are in Serie A. They are propping up the table eight points off of safety at this point. I hope he features. I hope he gets some good minutes. I hope they don't deem him to be not physically fit enough to play. But you said something interesting, Chad, before we started recording. You said with Moose, it's always been one or two, one of two things. Either he's not got the good headspace or his body is not in the right shape. That's been his career with Sheffield United. And obviously he did a job for us in the first part of our first season in the Premier League, that 2019-2020 season. But he's really fallen off. I thought this year was going to be a resurgence for him. I had him getting at least 10 goals, I think, at the beginning of the year. But it's just not come to fruition, hasn't been able to stay healthy. 
has not done a job for us, so maybe he can do a job for Salternia. So, uh, Salern- yeah. Wait, I got to pronounce this, this again because I got it wrong. Salernita. Salernita. There you go. There you go. There you go. Finally nailed it. But no, you're right. I'm glad Moose is gone because honestly, he has been, you know, over the last, I don't know, what, three weeks, he's been posting pictures on Instagram saying he's not fit enough. He's working out in the West Ham shirt. Dude, you're just bringing extra added drama to the team. See you later. We, I mean, all the best to you. I wish, I, I wish you nothing but the best and go and score the goals, but. I don't really have anything for him anymore. It's either your head's on and your body's hurt or your body's fine and your head's not. So I don't want that type of player around us. We got too many other striking options. And one of those striking options is Daniel Jebison. As we said, recalled from Burton Albion earlier today, I think it was, it was official. So another great striking option. He's been doing a really, really good job to this point. For Burton Albion, I think he had what eight goals so far this yeah, season. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he had just rounded into form as well. I mean, his his last, I think the last month was his best showing for Burton Albion, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Like I, I think you know, I'm not a big favorite of this. I wanted him to stay out on loan all year. And I, it, it's understandable with the Brewster injury. You know, it, it our striking room is now thinner. So I understand why heck he called him back. But and, and he'll probably get slotted in this weekend against Birmingham. But yeah. I was just like to see him get 10, 12 goals in League One and then come return to us. But, you know, maybe they know something that I don't know. And maybe he's going to go and just score a boatload of goals the rest of the season. Well, I. What I what I can tell you is I think he is going to be really good for us. I mean, he might not get 15 goals in the last, what is it, 20 games of the season, but I think he is going to score goals. I think his confidence is going to continue to grow. And, you know, I mean, the way I see it, this is like another signing, basically. We're getting Jebison back. He's going to strengthen that striking core and hopefully score hopefully also be able to provide a little bit of rest to billy sharp maybe i i think and this is a spoiler alert for who i think is going to start against birmingham i i think we're going to see him come in and maybe i don't know maybe mcgoldrick will start as well up front yeah it's fair show another signing that we made today was charlie good from brentford and I think this is a right signing, Chad. Really, really good signing. Provides coverage for Bash and Egan. He's a tall lad, 6'5". And, I mean, b- before we started recording, you were saying, like, he was doing really well for, for Brentford uh, before he got injured. And I, he was w- with Northampton before, correct? In League 2? Yeah. Yeah, he was in North – he got – he came out of the map in Northampton Town's promotion season a couple of years ago. They were they went to, to Wembley and inevitably lost. But then his name got kind of put on the map, and Brentford picked him up while they were kind of muddling in, in the championship before they, they made their runs. And, you know, he was a, a pretty good signing for them. And then – when they got promoted to the Premier League, he got hurt and he kind of fell down the pecking order. So now it's understandable why 
Brentford wanted him to go out on loan. You know, they want one of his their their good defensive players to keep playing after he just because he just came back from injury. He had a hamstring injury in the middle of December. He just came back. So and he's only played six games this year. So get more experience for him. You know, maybe he's not going to be a full-time starter for us. Maybe he'll come off the bench. And, you know, if one of our guys gets injured, Egan, Bash, one of them, he can slot right in there. So, I mean, that's that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. 100% okay with that. So this is a good signing, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I can't really think of anybody that we could play, God forbid, if, you know, Bash or Egan go down. You know, who are we going to play back there, you know, in a pinch? Yeah. I mean, we've been it, we've been very fortunate that neither of them have really missed any games since we kind of moved back to the back three. So that'll definitely give us some more some more coverage and he'll probably see some game time. He probably will. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's going to be good. It's going to shore us up even more. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. A rumor. I mean, granted, it's after the transfer deadline. All of you listening will probably know if this actually happened or not by the time you're listening to this. But apparently Millwall have signed Luke Freeman on loan. And if that's true, then that is a great bit of business because uh, he was never going to get in the side. Like uh, he, he had a couple of games where I thought he was like decent. But at this point, we just have too many midfielders ahead of him. And I just don't think he's I don't think he's ever gonna get into the side. Earlier in the day he was rumored to go to Luton, but then that for some reason fell apart. And the last thing I read was that Millwall were interested. Now when the deadline door closed, I didn't have any agreed upon loan details to see he was going to Millwall. So I don't know. It's still up in the air. It might be, they might, as long as they got the paperwork in before it closed, they can work on all the technical difficulties behind the scenes and get him signed. And it might come out tomorrow, but as of right now, I haven't seen anything with him going to Millwall. I mean, this is coming from a a relatively reliable source. Uh, If you don't already do so, I encourage a follow of The Bladesman on on Twitter. It's the underscore Bladesman. And, I mean, he has been relatively reliable. He has some sort of inside information into the club, and apparently this is a done deal. So, I, I mean, we'll see come tomorrow morning. Like I said, if you're listening to this, you probably know better than I do right now. So... Again, getting those wages off the books is just fucking huge. So we'll yep. see what happens. Well, Chad, we have got a game this coming Friday. It's against Birmingham, and it is going to be at St. Andrews. And in the reverse fixture, I'm sure we can all remember how disappointing that was. First game back in the championship on opening day at Bramall Lane. They scored in the 19th minute and then just parked the bus, and that was it. We had a couple of bang-on chances could not find the back of the net. And this was a sign of things to come playing Slav ball, but things are very different now, not only for us, but for Birmingham who have been on relatively poor form recently. They've uh, they recently drew Darby to all. They drew Peterborough who we just beat at home. They beat Barnsley at home and then they got absolutely smashed six, two to Fulham and yeah, I mean, it, this is a game that is going to be very important, I think, in the grand scheme of things. We've played sides that 
are kind of middling about i'm mean, obviously posher probably going to go down or look to be going down at this point luton i thought they're a decent side but um this is going to be a test game and this is going to give us the platform i think to either go on and have a really good game against west brom which is our next game after this or spell signs of disaster against west brom yeah no you're 100 right and you know it starts we need to go and win this game this is one of those games, much like Posh, we should go and get the three points. I mean, they are 17th in the league. Yeah, we had a blip at the beginning of the season. It was the first game out the shoot. We didn't know. We didn't know what we were going to expect. Okay, so that's a you can write that off. And since the season started, we've kind of flipped. They started off hot and dropped like a rock, and we started off awful, and we started to climb our way back up. So – I look for us to have to go and get these three points. This is a must-win game leading into the West Brom game because it builds us confidence. We've we've got this ball rolling downhill now where everybody's kind of like the whole team's kind of as one, and the confidence is booming. So that's why we need to go and get, let's say, two or three goals and put yeah. this game to bed and, and, you know, be like, all right, we're ready for West Brom. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean – have you been following Birmingham at all? I mean, do you know like who their danger men have been thus far into the season, Chad? I, I'll be honest, I have no clue. Well, Scott Hogan's on 10 goals, and they just brought in Lyle Taylor. He's on four goals. So, yeah, they've scored 32 and 44, but Scott Hogan's their money man on goals. Other than that, there's a couple from the midfield, a couple from the their center backs. You know, I, I I can't believe Bakuna hasn't done anything for him. He hasn't got a goal, but he's he's their highest match rated player in the side. So they've got a few players, but nothing that really worries me. Nothing yeah. like I mean, you could we could say this about the the reverse fixture. Nothing in their side worried me. And then they got a great goal and we could we couldn't get a goal. That yeah. was that's what that game boiled down to. But I think this is this is going to be on the other end. I, I think we're going to come out with a, a good result. Yeah. yeah. Look at me being optimistic. I, I know. It's really weird. I, I, I don't even know how to react right now, Chad. I'm kind of flabbergasted, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, you know, absent Brewster, do you throw up basically the same side as, as against Posh, Chad? Yeah, I'm going to have to go, you know, I'm going to have to go with that same side. I, I'm probably putting Jebison in there. And mm, probably taking Billy out. I doubt he'll come out, though. And like you talked about, maybe McGoldrick goes in there. But I don't know. I just don't know. Every time we've said, oh, Billy Sharp will come out this next game and we'll cycle through one of our other strikers, it doesn't happen. I mean, and especially considering he just scored, I'm sure he wants to get more now. I'm sure he like got that off of his back. You know, it was probably in his mind. When am I going to get that record-breaking goal? I think he's going to go get more now. I, I'll be honest with you. I think he wants to further pad those numbers, and I think he probably stays in the side. He's our captain, man. Like he is the skipper. Yeah, yeah. And I would look for McBurney to come on in this game as well. You know, because he he had a guest appearance in the last one. McGoldrick will probably come in as well. And, you know, Ben Davies might be back on the side, too. You know, he, he was back training. So maybe that leads to me to believe that, hey, you know, 
He could be back in the side and in, in swap out Jackie Long throw. Yeah, entirely plausible. That would be great. I mean, it's you almost forget that we have Ben Davies and, you know, Liverpool didn't recall him during the transfer window. Yep. So he's still our player on loan for, from Liverpool for through the end of the season. And he if he comes back in, I just think that, I don't know, it makes it that back line just that much better. I'm not saying Jackie Longthrow has had, you know, bad couple of games here. I think he's been just fine. And maybe Hecky's thinking, well, you know, this has been working. Two, two nil yep. wins, keeping clean sheets. And why not? Why not just lump Robinson back in there? Yeah. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point, Chad. How about a score prediction from you there, buddy? Ooh, I don't want to go another 2 0 uh, win. I'm I'm teetering on one nil or two one. I think I'm gonna go one nil, one nil. Billy with you know like a thirty fifth minute goal, and we just kind of see the game out. They're gonna have a couple of chances. We'll have a couple of chances. I just I don't know. We we might go and score. It might be another two nil. For some reason, I'm saying two one one nil. Yeah, I'm gonna say two one to United and. Jebison back in the side, back on the score sheet. And I'm okay with that. I think Jaden Bogle is finally going to get another goal. That's I, good show. Been, That's good show. He, he's been too good, I think. And I, I definitely think he'll show his quality and find the back of the net. I mean, he, he's got his shooting boots on. I'll tell you that. He does. So I think that is pretty much all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and follow us on social media. You can find us at Red Sheffield on Twitter and then at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. And if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review and a, a little review would be awesome as well. And Chad, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA on Facebook and Twitter. I'm trying to post more on there. I promise I will. I'm just been so busy. You can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at cjarvis underscore 13. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, on Twitter at nestman930. And then you can follow me on Instagram at sunpuck. Until this Friday when we play Birmingham at St. Andrews, up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards.